Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to In the Finest Hour, a 40k competitive podcast giving you tips and strategies you can use in about an hour. I am your host, Sean Morgan, sometimes known as Abuse Puppy, and I have with me, as always, our wonderful good podcast hosts, Shaylin Allen-West. Greetings. And our terrible evil podcast host, Ben Jurek. Once again, I will prevail someday. Don't you worry. Someday. Someday. But it won't be today, because today we actually have one additional person on the podcast, our guest, Adam Baker. Hey guys, how's everyone doing today? Well, we're having, uh, I think, quite a day for most of us. Uh, how, are, how are you guys doing down there, baking in the hot Las Vegas sun? Well, not too bad. It's it's a Monday for sure. It's quite it's quite warm yeah, these days. Yeah, um, you know, being March and all, it's quite you know different than the rest of the United States, but nice, still nice. I mean, I just had a wedding anniversary, so yeah. <laughs> Ooh, congrats! So, Adam, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Kind of, what's your what's your history with forty k? When did you start, and how did you get into the game? Um. I would have to say that when I really started was probably about five years ago. Um, I got stationed here in Las Vegas, and a couple mm-hmm. of my coworkers were into Warhammer, and I had read some of the books but never really got into the game when I was younger. So I was like, all right, let me check this out. And I did, and I fell in love with Tyranids at the time, and that was back in 7th edition. And Ooh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. Yeah, I know, right? So, um started playing with a couple buddies and then i quickly got introduced to a tower suit when i was just running like a hive tyrant with no wings so that was a good time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep yep your 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 first sight of a super heavy <laughs> yeah i cried a little bit inside so i eventually made it to a tournament and had fun i'm like well you know what let's see what i can do with this and it was definitely an uphill battle um and then eighth edition came along and i enjoyed it a lot more especially when the blast markers went away and all that shenanigans yeah. everything got a lot more simplified <laughs> so do you still play tyranids or is that kind of passed by the wayside um i'm kind of heartbroken by where they're at i know they've done well recently but it's yeah. just it's it's a rough one so they're they're shelved right now um i bring okay. them out every now and again to do a little bit of hobbying but my armies right yeah. now, I have Imperial Knights, Chaos Knights, and then I have Space Wolves that I've just built up over time as well. No, oh, okay. Nice. Have you ever run the uh, the Space Wolves as an ally to your knights, or has it been strictly pure armies there? Pure armies, for the most part. Oh, okay. Um, it just... Unless we're playing an APOC game, it's usually pretty strictly just a pure thing. Unless... We go back to 8th where, you know, everyone had the CP farm and then, you know, it was pretty hard not to do that. Yeah, you was, it was tough to turn down those, you know, 160 points of thanks for all the CP I'll ever need. Yeah, especially when you could run two IG battalions and just be like, awesome. Uh-huh. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about your your knights a little bit because that is the main subject of our episode this week. Is we're talking about knights of all varieties. Awesome. Well, the good thing is I play both Imperial and Chaos. Um... Yeah, and we're gonna we're actually gonna talk about 
those two in specific in just a second here, but okay. I think first the subject we'll we'll hit up is are are do you think knights are good in ninth edition? Are they a viable army for winning tournaments with? That is a tough one. Um, they can definitely do well, but if your opponent mm -hmm. is tech to killing super heavy tanks or knights, and they're also going to be good at grabbing objectives, then you're probably not going to do well, because if you're going to bring a pure knight list, then you're generally only showing up with um, three to five models, depending on how you want to go. I've seen a couple people start running nine armature lists. Yeah they're still struggling because they're not out holding objectives. So, you know, you throw just a lonely little space Marine out there and you, you lost objectives and it's an objective based game. Yeah. I, I would say of, of the, the issues Knights have the lack of objective secured is probably one of their biggest. They're just not very good at the objective game. Oh, sorry. My thing that comes to mind is how much of a kick in the nuts is is Titan Slayer to you? Oh, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my first thing that comes to mind. Just like wow. Yeah, let's let let's let's save that one for when we're talking about knights and scoring. No worries, but um, it's it's hard. It just is because if people can be mobile, that's like the one of the harder things to deal with is if they can get objective secured units out to them. Mm -hmm. And then you have to hopefully sit on them and be able to still outhold them, even though you don't have OPSEC. So that's just right. It makes it hard. But if you can, I've kind of learned that one of the better tactics is if I spread out first and then start killing all of the things that can kill me turn one and turn two, it makes it a lot easier to hold objectives in the later game. Mm hmm. Oh, so knights are a late game army now. Okay, that's interesting. That's how I've been playing them, oddly enough. Like turns one and turn two, I'm trying to get out there and then kill all the important stuff. So like if I see eradicators across the table, because mm. you know those are kind of the best anti-tank units right now, especially if you get the heavy units with the uh, salamanders. It's just yeah, it's silly. They're disgusting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. I, th I would say that is one of the big strengths of the knight list, is that there are only certain kinds of weapons that you are worried about. Um, For sure. Most weapons in the game just don't bother you very much. You know, anything that's strength four or lower, practically ignorable. Um, all those damage one guns, it's not really your problem. That's for someone else to deal with. Um... So knights have this, the advantage of there's a very specific profile of gun that they're concerned with and if you can kill all of those then you can kind of just do whatever you want for the rest of the game especially because that profile gun is often in a smaller quantity rather than um quality if yes that makes sense. It, yeah. exactly because right now um i'm sure you have experience if you've been playing that a lot of people are running marines you know mm -hmm. marines are pretty 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 good right now yeah 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 <laughs> So a lot of them aren't, you know, fielding 12, 18, whatever, eradicators. If they are, it's usually maybe a three-man unit here or a five-man unit here, and that's it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the other problems that knights have is they have, most of them, some do, I, I gotta correct myself there, a lot of them don't have invulnerable saves in melee, so if they get charged by a really nasty melee unit, all of a sudden you could easily lose, you know, 500, 600 points out of your army instantly from a much cheaper unit. You're looking at a 
a very feast or famine kind of army that when you win you win big and when you lose you lose hard oh oh for sure there's there's been games where i get close to max points and it's like Mm -hmm. all right that was that was cool next game you know i had to play an outriders guy or not outriders i'm sorry white scars player and he ran 15 blade guard vets with the uh super apothecary and then Uh uh, two units of eradicators and i'm like well this this isn't gonna work today yeah that's a bad time how are you handling the new terrain rules with always being visible no matter what you do that kind of breaks my heart honestly is that a weakness you would call it 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 is um especially if i'm gonna go second and someone can just hide behind a ruin and i might not be able to draw a line of sight until you know turn two that's gonna hurt I, i would really like to see it if you know they make it where knights are, you know, maybe negative one to shoot through the dense cover. That way, it's not a complete gotcha if it's thick terrain. Yeah, terrain is definitely a, a big hindrance for knights. Although, I would say less so now than in previous editions. Because um, the ability to reach into the upper floors of ruins combined with, uh, you know, no magic boxes and some of the other very punishing things that you could have to deal with in previous editions, Um, even though obscuring terrain definitely sucks for knights, um, it's more easy to deal with than terrain in previous editions was. Oh, yeah. At least that's been my experience. I definitely agree on the magic boxes. That was always a rough point when you could fit all the nastiness in a box and you just can't interact with it. And you're like, well, this yep. this is going to be great because it's in the middle of the center and that's where mm-hmm. I need to be. But it is cool that they added the reach to everyone now because what's kind of yeah. funny is they have the stratagem in the Knight's book for Chaos and <laughs> Ethereum. And it's like, oh, why am I going to use this like at but, all, ever? But it gives you an extra one inch of vertical reach. Uh, most it's six it inches, not five. <laughs> Most times it's never even going to come into play. Like, yeah. it's, it's just one of those, like, okay, sure. I did I did almost lose a game to that stratagem once, uh, but still wasn't quite enough for the night player. Well, that's good for you. It's definitely yeah. good for you. They're, I, I definitely think at this point they're a gatekeeper army, because if you can handle them, they're, they're just so easy. Because, you mm-hmm. know, you kill... Two, three units, and there goes 75% of their army, 50% of their army, and you're good yeah. to go. Yeah, and or alternatively, you're just like, I just got a bunch of 15s, and I don't care what you do with the second half of the game. That's, right. that's definitely been a thing. I Another person in our group here in Vegas, uh, he ran a pretty funny list. He ran a bunch of pinks and brimstones and everything, and I think he set aside like a thousand reserve points just to split. Wow. To where he's. It was ridiculous. It, I'm like, all right, I guess I'll never hold anything this entire game. Uh huh. That's, that's a problem. Is that Mr. Toman? Adam? It was, it was Mr. Toman. I, I love that man. He's there, a good guy. Just to give a little background, Adam actually takes everyone's lunch money out here, including mine. So. Um, he's, he's actually like, if you want to like list reasons on why I don't play orcs sometimes, I had to play index orcs into, into codex Imperial Knights, uh, in early eighth. Yeah. Um, and that was a sad, sad day. I did not, I don't think I recorded one win, uh, with index orcs, um, against Adam. 
So it was bad. Yeah, I had the IGCP farm. I ran two uh, Crusaders with the rapid fire battle cannon and a Castellan at the time. It was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you you won best of both Chaos and Imperial Knights, didn't you? I did this year. I, I finally made my goal, man. That's quite an achievement right there. I appreciate that a lot. Congratulations. Thanks, Shay. We should have mentioned that at the beginning of the show, but Adam 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 <laughs> refused to toot his own horn. I I assume everyone just knew. Uh, no. But uh, you don't need to be modest. You can you can say you've been you've been kicking ass and taking names, so Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming. Um but I was able to snag uh, the chaos, I kind of seeded that in the first half of the season uh, when we were still in 8th, transitioned in ninth, and then when ninth came around I focused hard on the Imperial Knights side of the house and was able to clench both out. The Imperial Knights one came down to the final game of the season, like I think like a week before everything closed and it just it came down to the last minute. But I was able to get both. Just a quick question before we move to the next subject. Which is better in ninth, Chaos Knights or Imperial Knights? Ooh, that's... That's a tough one. That's actually what I, I wanted to talk about here. Um, can you can you so can you talk about what you consider the big differences between the two? Uh, because they are very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, they're they're definitely similar. So it it basically comes down to just kind of the affiliation stuff. So what what are your thoughts there, having played both of them? So. I think the two biggest standout things to myself is that Imperial Knights are a lot more survivable and Chaos Knights are mm. extremely aggressive in comparison. Um, okay. The reason being is like um, Imperial Knights, you know, they get the two up armor relic. They can yep. fight at full. There's ways to heal them that are just pretty easy to do. Um, mm -hmm. If you look at the Chaos Knight side of the house, uh, there's no fight at full stratagem. Um, there's oh, a, yeah, yeah, that does there, hurt them. There's a relic for the house where you or the side that you hurt yourself. It's uh here. Let me open my book so I don't mess the up and tell you something. Infernal. Thank you. There we go. Not yeah, it's infernal. The one where you hurt yourself. So that mm -hmm. one I don't really enjoy because yeah. it's like you're just helping your opponent out when you already have so few models. Yeah, and so. You just get this one relic that says you double wounds remaining on the damage chart, so that one's not there for me. I love yeah. Iconoclast, because Iconoclast just makes any knight you bring just kind of a melee monster. Um, yes, that's that's honestly what really tips the Chaos Knights in terms of offense for me. Is, for sure. Uh, you know, Iconoclast giving an extra attack and an extra point of AP on all your melee attacks. Yes, and um, then... That's no joke with all Space Marines around. It It's not. When you can get to AP3 stomps, and then since mm -hmm. you get the extra attack, you know, you could bring the equivalent of a Crusader, however you want a double gun loadout, and yep. you get the 15 stomps at AP3, which yep. could be better than a Gallant hitting on twos, cause, just because mm -hmm. of the AP. But there's a funny story um when i was running my chaos knights i ran a double gatling cannon guy and there's oh. a uh, pre-game stratagem where it's a uh, which one is it hang on one second it's not vow of the beast slayer it's one of the other vows oh uh carnage every 10 models you kill yeah i faced an ig player and i had, oh. I had some other melee knights just going up the field and i'm having my gatling cannon guy just 
point a Gatling cannon at one unit of Imperial Guard infantry guys mm-hmm. and another one at another. And I think by turn four, I made it into his Lehman Russes and I charged two of them. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I started dividing out my dice. And he's like, how many attacks do you get? And I'm like, uh, 33. <laughs> and he's like, Jesus. he's like, Ex- excuse me. And I had also made him a, a dread blades and I had rolled on the charts where you get the either, Plus you know, the extra weapon skill. Yeah. yeah. So he was kicking on twos and I'm like, yeah, I have 33 stomps kicking on twos into your two Lehman Russes. He's like, all right, thanks for playing. That's that's living the dream right there. That, that was beautiful because he was freaking out that I was shoving a lancer in his face. Uh huh. So he's like, I have to deal with this guy. Well, was it Christmas or that sounds like Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> that was that uh, was a good one. Well, let's go ahead and take that into talking about the night affiliations. Um, okay. What are what are the, your your top choices for the night households in terms of the well households and I don't remember what the chaos ones are called, but their version of that as well. And and why is it you favor the the ones in particular you like? All right. Well, starting with the imperial knights of the house, I definitely lean towards the admic houses um yeah especially now that they added in the fact that you know it's split into the question Alice or Quester mechanicus the mechanicus now regenerates a wound at the beginning of your turn which is huge mm-hmm. um so if someone doesn't finish off your knights um i kept you know someone kept putting him down to mid tier and then he'd mm-hmm. heal that one wound and he'd be back to full and the dude was just like well this this is not cool yeah um so i definitely like that uh two of the houses that i lean to are Raven or Crast. Um, mm. I love Raven for the mobility right now. Like you're talking about with the terrain, that was one of the best ways I would find myself being able to negate some of the terrain. I would, you know, start one of my shooting nights on the line and just be like, let's see how I roll. And I would just send it up the corner to pile all the ruins. That way I could, you know, either dump uh, thermal cannons into something or Gatling cannons into something important as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And and Raven Raven gives you the ability to advance and shoot, right? Correct. So their house trait is when you advance, um, you ignore the negative one for shooting modifiers with assault weapons, and then it turns all heavy weapons into assault weapons, which, oddly enough, every shooting weapon on a knight is basically heavy, so you're mm-hmm. hitting as if you didn't advance at all, which is great. And they also have a very good stratagem as well. Uh, what maybe maybe one of my favorite stratagems from the night book. They do. I I think that one works really well on the Castellan. It's a uh, Order of the Companions. Yes. It's the one where uh, you reroll all ones for the shooting phase. So that allows. I was gonna say it's all ones of any kind on yes. the number of shots for your guns to wound anything damage. And then what's a what's a little silly with that though is um, we ran into an interesting situation back when a lot of marine players were running the banners. So when you know their gun mm-hmm. lines would die, they it allowed you to reroll ones on your invulnerable save as well. It certainly does. A little bit silly, mm-hmm. but you know I'll take it. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Crast is the other one. That's, I think, the one I see the most often. Yeah, that one helps a lot with the offensive because their whole trait is rerolling failed hit rolls when they charge or get charge or heroically intervene. So mm-hmm. that way you can kind of make your, you know, your Crusaders hit better um, if you're bringing Crusaders because 
I don't. I really try to avoid bringing strictly melee knights. Um, yeah. Since you're investing so many points into one model, it makes it hard if that one you know fails a charge and then just happens to die. You're just like, well, this guy did absolutely nothing. I just wasted 500 points. Mm-hmm. So that way, I'm always trying to make it where I'm at least shooting and hopefully getting into combat. That way, I can kind of capitalize on both things. And and Crast has a very good warlord trait and relic as well. They do that one. Um, that one's good. The warlord trait is they just the warlord reload or my apologies rerolls hit rolls of one, so that includes shooting. And mm-hmm. then the relic is I can't remember if it's eight wounds or more or ten wounds or more, but when they're targeting a model with it's t- it is ten wounds. Yeah. It is ten. Okay, cool. Yeah, it gets plus one damage, and then whatever weapon it's attacking with, so it's shooting or melee. And then if they get to Titanic, it's two more. So you know you turn a Gatling mm-hmm. cannon into four damage. I've definitely been hit with a three damage stubber, and that kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. Yeah, that, I I remember the uh, the crash matchups. That was that's yeah. always like the the flamer yeah. doing the random flamer doing three damage and crap like that. That it's silly. Mm-hmm. And then there was. This one game I've only ever fielded a Porphyra on once, and that was that was in a game with Ben at an ITC event, and that was hmm. that was that was silly. Right. I lost three uh, Custodes tanks in one turn. That was yeah. yikes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It uh, the Porphyrian was like, "Well, your knight's gonna die this turn because I'm slamming eight damage shots at you, so mm-hmm. don't <laughs> fail four because you just auto lose a knight at that point." <laughs> And then the next turn, it was delete two of the Cladius tanks, and then the Crusader was like, "I'll finish the other one." Oh yeah, it was. That was. I yeah. lost my Crash Knight, and then I lost my tanks. Yep. Yep. That was that was a really quick game. That was a turn two game. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the chaos side of things okay. a little bit, um, which I think are the ones that people see less often. Like a lot of they folks have played do. against Imperial Knights in some form, but Chaos Knights are a little more unusual. Uh, probably in part because their rules were a little bit half-assed at first, but have since been fixed up. <laughs> they, yeah, they were. When I got the book, I was to say very disappointed when it seemed like we were only getting two houses, and I'm like, well, what is what is this? Isn't it a little difficult to build in a Chaos Knight army too? Just because getting both weapon options, um, model-wise, is kind of like there's no kit that oh. gives you that exactly. That hurt my soul. That, yeah, yeah, it's that hurt. they're in a weird situation with the way that is. But on the other hand, um, most Imperial Knights want to build in ways that are not necessarily easy to get kits for either. So uh, it's kind of a problem for everyone now. Yeah, it, it definitely hurt. Um... You mentioned before you definitely prefer uh, in the Iconoclast over Infernal. I do. Uh, strictly for the attack and the AP, mm-hmm. um, something that a lot of people forget, that is, if a Iconoclast model is within 12 inches of an enemy unit, when they fail morale, a second model flees. So that's actually oh, kind of yeah. helpful right now. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then one of their relics, their, their I guess you could say allegiance relics now, since it's no longer a house, uh-huh. um, is the four-up invul, and that's the only way to get the four-up invul. Is to take yeah, four up invul against all shooting. Correct. Uh, kind of like the the ion bulwark warlord trait that the imperials gets. Which which is sad. You know, you have to 
pick this specific one and you can't be a Dreadblade to get it, whereas the Imperial side of the house, just anyone can take it. So that's, yeah. that one's rough. Um, but I love that one. And then when they came out with the Engine of War, and I was able mm-hmm. to, you know, mix and match my houses. Um, I was. Yeah. What are your nice. preferences there? Uh, what, what what's worked for you on the chaos side? So right now I'm trying to come up with an idea for the ninth edition side because uh-huh. when I was playing them in the beginning of the season, it was right towards the tail end of eighth. So running oh, multiple detachments yeah. was better. But right. ones that I really like is um, where did it go? It was uh, the Dark Forging one. It adds six inches to the maximum range of oh, interesting. ranged weapons that have 24 inches or more. And then it adds uh, two inches to the rest of all the weapons. And then the other part that I would pair it with is it would increase the movement by one inch. And you always moved as if you're top profile. That way right. it, ah. it made me a lot more mobile, kind of in the same idea as House Raven. Can you can you talk about the the dark forging and why that because it seems like most light weapons are relatively long ranged. They uh, are. Why why would you need that extra six inches there? So the idea at the time was when I was running. Well, I still run them. Is the lightning locks from the Moriaxes? Uh, oh, okay. I love those things. Those are great. Um, uh-huh. Just because they're twelve shots of strength six, make two flat one, and they have the Tesla rule where unmodified mm-hmm. hit rolls of sixes generate two extra hits. Very so good. It, it bumps the ranges out, and then the other weapon that I would like to take with them was the grav gun, which the grav gun oh, yeah. um, didn't have long range to begin with, but it was really helpful in dealing with um, centurions at the time, and now dealing with the blade guard vets and eradicators. Mm-hmm. It's it's really helpful because it's got that that flat three damage against them. Yep, and it's nag three AP. Yeah. So that's super helpful, and then just being able to always move quickly because. If you can't get to those objectives when you need to with the mm-hmm. extra movement, that's that's huge because you at least want to get onto those objectives so you can at least try to score 10 to 15 points if you're lucky each turn. Right. Yeah. Have you experimented with any of the other new house options for the Chaos? I haven't really liked a lot of the preset houses. Um, oh, yeah? I've been trying to figure it out. There was one that I was looking at. Where'd it go? I think it was Lucius. Was one yeah, of I was gonna. I was gonna say Lucaris is kind of my preferred one. Um, it gives you plus one to hit the turn you charge, which mathematically works out to be pretty close to House Crass. The the full rerolls the turn you charge. Yeah. Um, and they have a a fairly nice little warlord trait in the turn in uh, giving you fight first, which yep. I am a big fan of on knights. Which that plus one to hits even better when you get the extra attacks and AP yes. as well. So having 15 attacks hitting on two, you could easily just roll a few dice hot and hit everything. Yeah. Which which is awesome. The other combination that I have seen that is surprisingly scary is doing the, the custom house. Mm-hmm. Um, you do the anti-degradation trait, which is plus one attack when you're at half health or lower, and plus one to hit with melee when you're at half health or lower. Yep. Uh, it essentially means that your your first degradation tier just doesn't affect your melee at all, and in fact makes you stronger. Um, and then you combine that with sixes to hit in melee combat are two hits rather than one. Mm, that's, a, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, at half health, you're throwing down 18 attacks, 16, sixes are exploding. It's it's a pretty scary little deal. I, I think you could pair that nicely with the uh, keep the 
anti-degradation one that's a pride field fury and kind yeah. of pair that with the uh always move at full health and bring like nine yes. war dogs with the glaives and melta that I, way I have always... seen that combination as well the you know i just don't want to degrade at all uh build which which is terrifying when you get all these extra attacks in there Yep, but no, it's it's nice. I like it. And then the fact that Chaos Knights can double stack weapons for their uh, despoiler chassis. So if you want to take double thermal mm -hmm. cannons, I okay. Can I can I stop you one moment with a question? So yeah, of course. I cannot keep the Chaos Knight chassis. What is the equivalent Imperial Knight for despoiler? Uh, the normal. The normal chassis so yeah what's so let's talk a little bit about the chassis names and maybe help people kind of hammer out what they each are okay um so we'll start with the chaos side because chaos never gets to be first and i think it's their turn <laughs> so the despoiler is just the the basic knight right it, it's the basic knight so you can um kit it out to kind of be like your gallant where you want to take a fist and a sword if you do that, it gets an extra attack and it'll hit on twos. Or you can kit it out in any other fashion as a normal Questorus Knight would. So if you mm -hmm. want to throw in a Gatling Cannon, a Rapid Fire Battle Cannon, Thermal Cannons, or even Missile Pods on the back, you can. What's really nice about that, though, is the way their data sheet is set up is if you want to take two Rapid Fire Battle Cannons, you can. Instead of like the Crusader for Imperial Knights who are limited to, they always have to take a Gatling gatling cannon and then right. they can either take a battle cannon or a thermal cannon and the same thing you can do double thermals or double gatling cannons as well so you can kind of yeah. really kit the night out to do what you really need it to do so doing double thermals is great if you're going to expect a lot of vehicles mm -hmm. and what is what is your kind of preferred loadout on chaos knights these days do you do you have a feeling on which versions because you know the the double thermal was really really popular until it got the the price bump yeah uh, and is maybe a little less attractive now so do you still go for that or do you feel like there are better options um i still i still stay away from the rapid fire battle cannons um yeah right now just because you know the if you roll bad with number of shots it's really gonna hurt and then the ap2 mm -hmm. is really it's really not rough. It's it's not. Yeah. And the D three damage when you're dealing with models that have two, three, or four wounds right now. And yeah. feel no pains. And then we have some really good sisters of battle players who love to run ignore oh. AP two. Yep. And so that kind of you're just like, Well, I guess I'll just throw these battle cannons and do nothing at you, and same for the Gatling cannons. Yeah, you don't want to be throwing uh, a battle cannon into someone who is rolling a two up save against it. No, it's it's rough. It, it feels bad. So the thermal cannons are still pricier um, now, mm -hmm. but I would love to see them get upgraded to the melter rule that pretty much yeah, all of 40k has gotten. I think they're going to get it. I think that's kind of written on the wall there. I would hope so, because I guess one of the previews or one of the leaked things for the up-and-coming book was there's going to be a special thermal cannon that gets the new melter rule at full range. So. Yeah, it it's a uh, Imperial Knight specific, um, and it is a like relic weapon. So yeah, hopefully that's good news there. Um, uh, well, I will spoil it a little bit for you. Ooh. That does not become a general thing in that uh, book, which is not to say they won't do it in an FAQ or something. Uh, that's certainly still potentially on the table, but that book itself does not fix that. I got you. 
which is very weird because you can have a melta gun and a thermal cannon on the same night, and they have different melta rules. Uh, yep. <laughs> Games Workshop, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna sit here and bang my head against the wall. Yep, because if you take the little chest-mounted melta gun, you get the new melta rule, but if you take yep. a thermal cannon that you could stuff a marine in the barrel, you don't get it, for whatever yep. reason. Uh. <laughs> okay, th- this leads me to a very important question. Have you ever modeled an Imperial Knight with a marine stuffed up the barrel? <laughs> he has his own printer. He can just print that. I, I uh-huh. could do something like that. Uh, one of my things is... I was running a Rampager at one point, which, uh, for people who don't know, is an upgraded Gallant for Mm -hmm. Chaos Knights. It has exploding sixes to hit if you use the fist or the sword, which can be pretty funny at times. Mm -hmm. And the fist, I had him uh, grip in a Blood Angels, because I was getting real tired of Blood Angels Smash Captains. Mm. (laughs) So... They probably deserve it. Yeah. (laughs) But, um... In your defense, they totally deserve that. Yeah, they did. (laughs) But... I want to see if there's a way to kind of make one of the Knight Tyrants works, which is the either the Valiant or the Castellan. Um, mm-hmm. I still lean towards the Castellan's the better option, just yeah. because the Valiant lacks a lot of range and it wants to be in your face, but it's mm-hmm. slower and it hits on fours and melees, which is a little silly to me since it wants to be within that 12 inches all the time. Yeah, and the 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 AP on the the Mega Flamer is a little underwhelming because it's only AP two. Yep. Um, which which feels like maybe it should be a little better. And the harpoon with like very few people running vehicles these days, the harpoon just kind of like absolutely ruins the day of one poor space marine and that's it and you kind of need to be doing a little bit more than that i really want to like the valiant but it's just not quite there i can or you throw it into a blade guard vet squad and you uh right don't even kill one because yeah yeah that that hurts but no but the the Castellan version feels a lot better. All those high AP, uh, especially if you're running the Imperial variant, um, you can you get that Relic Plasma Gun for damage three, and you're just snuffing out the the Gravis Armor Marines left and right. That was gonna be my next question. Actually, it was about the is the Chaos Castellan uh, worth taking without Calls Wrath? I. I'm still curious about that self. I'm going to probably be trying to playtest some of the new or ninth edition version for Chaos Knights. Um, it's it's weird. It's weird because you don't get it. So it's that strength seven to strength eight supercharged and it'll only be damage two. You could run it as Infernal for, you know, just choose to take the plus one damage with a few mortal wounds. Yep. Um, and that does save you your relic slot so you can do other stuff there. There's also a Warlord trait, which once per game will give you uh, plus one damage and reroll all hits and wounds, I want to say, something like that. Um it's uh it's one of the ones from Engine War. Um okay. so you can kind of fake being it, but um th- I think the Castellan is certainly better on the Imperial side. I definitely agree there cuz you can give it the Warlord trait so you don't ever have to spend the CP yes. for rotating cuz rotating on the Knight Tyrant or Dominus class just hurts when you have to spend 3 CP to try to live. 
three CP is like half of what you start with. So yeah, because you like with going with a full knight list and running one detachment, because you kind of have to capitalize on building your guys up. You're generally spending anywhere from four to six CP pregame. Yeah. You we've talked about armagers a little bit. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the Forge World Moirax armager. I've been very impressed with those. Um, do you still think they're better than the Warglaive now that the Warglaive has gotten a points drop? Um, I think they have their place. Um, I definitely like the Warglaive option for the the sweep attacks and the melee. Mm-hmm. Um, the Melta gun, I've had mixed emotions on just for the d3 shots yeah it's not great but it's it's iffy it like if his spikes it's awesome it's hilarious i've had one spike and i've completely nuked in lehman rust before and then the other (laughs) hand i've done absolutely nothing it's like well it is what it is but with the warrior axes you you know i love the lightning locks um because the exploding Mm -hmm. sixes and it's it's been silly i've had i've had some really really good dice rolls in my favor and gotten like 22 hits more hits than shots and then yep yes uh, yep <laughs> do so i guess um with with marines and lots of multi-wound targets being around do you find that the lightning lock being a one damage weapon is really limiting to it or is it or are you taking it as insurance against other armies or what's the thought process there um so against marines it's it definitely doesn't do as well which is like you said with the multi-wounds like having to throw them into you know say the blade guard vet it doesn't yeah you don't you don't get a lot of bang for your buck but we've had some people show up with you know um harlequin jet bikes and that's that's mm-hmm. been a godsend even with the negative one to hit that right you still get the exploding sixes so you can make up and you know maybe two of the lightning locks can bring down a bike or two uh-huh and that'll really help um i I do like the uh, grab guns for the Marines just for the purpose of, hey, you get AP3 and you're going to get flat three damage, which should bring down most Marines instantly. Mm -hmm. And do you always run them double gun or would you ever take the fist on the Moirax? I've yet to take the fist, honestly. I've been been sticking with the uh, guns. I kind of either use them... I use them differently in each game. So like... If I know someone's going to be a deep striker or outflanking, I kind of run them as bodyguards while also grabbing mm-hmm. objectives. That way, my, you know, maybe my Castellan or Crusaders could live an extra turn and sure. then be able to continue out. Or I'll keep them in the backfield while all my other guys run up to the middle and hold everything. That way, I still have range. As horrible as it is to be screening with a 150-point single model unit, <laughs> yeah. um, they are your screens. Like, they that's are. what they do in a night list. It's, it's weird. It's it's totally weird, but it is. Um, being able to shoot with the lightning locks also in combat is really nice since they're not blast. Because mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people try to tie them up with, you know, maybe intercessors or some pinks. And it's like, okay, nope. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm still getting my exploding sixes, guys. Yeah. Gonna be here, d- death and destruction. <laughs> yeah. They are, they are definitely one of the more surprisingly good ones. Uh, although, I, I have moved towards just keeping the armatures very cheap with the warglaives, but that does leave you with some weaknesses. It does. But one of, one of the Forge World models, 
that I'm really loving is the Megara. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, we, we have to talk about the Megara. I love the Megara right now. Wait, I don't know anything about this. Fill me in. All right, we, we are gonna, we're going to do some teaching right now. Yeah. So the Megara comes on the same platform chassis as the Questorus guys. So still the 12-inch move, hitting on threes and shooting in melee, 24 wounds like a normal knight, three-up armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the kicker is, is they actually get a five-up invul at all times, so in shooting and melee. Yes. Um, where this mm-hmm. gets better is the Megara has a lightning cannon, so it has a souped-up version of a lightning lock. Uh, it's eight shots of strength seven, nake two, flat three damage. And with the Tesla rule. Yep, with the Tesla rule. So if you get a six, you get three auto hits instead of just one hit. And um, the model also ignores all benefits of cover. So yep. you don't have to worry about them getting a cover save. I take it, it comes with a plasma fusel. So it's a rapid fire two plasma, but it doesn't get supercharged. It's like shrink seven, nig three, flat two at 24 inches. Mm-hmm. And then I take the Hegecon Siege Claw because it comes with a little rad cleanser, which is like a 12-inch yep. flamer, uh, 2d6 auto-hitting shots. It's weird because it's strength 2, no AP, flat 3 damage. But the special rule with that flamer is it auto-wounds everything other than vehicle and titanic units on 2s. Yes. and It's pretty nasty. A 2d6 shot, flat 3 damage, poisoned flamer is it's, it's gross. terrifying for most units. <laughs> The biggest selling point for me, though, was the claw. So yeah. the claw acts like a normal fist where it goes to strength 16, negative 4, flat 6, but it's negative 1 to hit. Not really super awesome, except when you go against vehicles and monster, it adds 2 damage, so it goes to flat 8. But the mm-hmm. biggest thing was you get to make a sweep attack. So just like the stomps where you make 3 attacks for every swing, you do the same thing, so you get 12 attacks on a normal one. Mm-hmm. And... Instead of be, it's still user strength, so strength A, it's negative two, but instead of three D three damage, it's flat three. So that was huge yes. in trying to get rid of the Gravis guys. I was running into blade guards and I'm like, stomps are not they're not doing it, man. And mm-hmm. then they dropped the update. I'm like, Oh, I've missed you. Is this a is this a yes. new night or what what happened here? Uh no, it it got updated when the new Forge World book okay. came out. It was around before, but it was not very good. I, I believe before. I ran into that flat three damage flamer once before in my life, and I was playing custodian jet bikes, and I ran and I rolled like three ones, and half my squad died. It was it was fantastic. Ooh. Um, <laughs> yikes! Yeah, there's it's some scary. other chassis that have that flat three damage flamer, yep. uh, but um, the Megara is the one that really rocks it the most because you have does. multiple different flat three damage weapons. Yep, and I've I've been looking at running, you know, maybe one or two of those with my Iconoclast because uh-huh. having a uh, fifteen sweeps with that is yes. is pretty it's pretty funny, and then being able to have that invul and melee made up for not ever having it before, so they're definitely way more tankier. Yeah. I played against them the other day, actually. Oof. I played against two oh, Megaras. Yeah. Um, I outright killed one, and I beat the living snot out of the other, but um, it wasn't an easy fight, we'll put it at that. Yeah, they give a lot of things a bad time. They're, they're, they're real good right now, so I like them a lot. Okay. Well, 
why don't we go ahead and take ourselves a little break here now that we've kind of talked through uh, the first part of the army construction. And we come back, we'll talk a little bit about knight strategies in the game and how they win and lose battles. Sounds good, man. And we are back. So let's go ahead and just hit the real big elephant in the room. Uh, knights and scoring objectives, because that is probably the thing they struggle the most with. Would you agree? I definitely agree on that one. It's, it's always a struggle. Um, I'm pretty happy if I can get uh, the 10 points on holding objectives each turn. I'm pretty mm -hmm. happy with that if I can do that. So what is your strategy for those primary objectives? How do you ensure you're controlling them, and how do you make sure you're getting enough points to win the game there? So for the primary objectives, usually my first turn is trying to spread out to the midfield objectives while still holding uh, the back ones towards my deployment zone. Mm -hmm. And then all my firepower is usually dedicated to trying to kill the things that kill me. Okay. Uh, the thought process on that one is if I can get those out of the way in the beginning, I have a much better chance of surviving the late game versus just trying to kill out the things that hold the objectives and then I get tabled turn two or turn three, you know? Right. And then at that point, once the big hitting guys are gone, then I'm spreading out more and trying to remove things off of the objectives. I've also learn that the knight bases are actually big enough to where if you sit them perfectly on a uh, objective your opponent can't touch them without being in engagement range with you so that makes kind of a hard decision for them with their objective holding units and so that's going to be true even for a non-character knight then correct uh, but of course characters can heroically intervene which makes things very inconvenient for your opponent it sure does and generally if someone's bringing you know two or three big knights all three of them are usually a character just so you can give them relics and warlord traits to make them a little bit beefier right yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about Heroic Intervention in the past. They're a fantastic tool. We strongly suggest you listen to some of those episodes if you want to hear some shenanigans there. Uh, but I, I think we can pretty easily sum this up as if you are heroically intervening into something with a knight, your opponent is about to have a bad day. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so you are, you're kind of, it sounds like banking on turns one and two, your opponent is going to outscore you relatively easily, but you're going to degrade their firepower so much that turns three, four, and five are just going to be all yours, or at least that's the plan. That is usually the goal for sure. Um, okay. Just because I've seen a lot of people bring in a lot of mobile armies lately between um, White Scars and Dark Angels. Yep. Dark Angel jet bikes are absolutely silly at this point, and White Scars yeah. with their entire army advancing charging is, is pretty gross too. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to try to get everything down that kills me first before it can kill me. So how do you deal with secondary objectives then? Um, wh what secondary objectives are your good picks for knights? Because knights can't do most of the secondary objectives, unfortunately. That definitely hurts as well. Um, pretty much actions are at the window. Mm -hmm. Usually what I try to do is I try to take engage all fronts, which pairs with me okay. you know, trying to spread out in the beginning. 
Yeah. That way I can, if I can get 10 points off that, I'm, I'm pretty happy. That means I was at least in three table quarters the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one after that, I think is kind of an easy one to take is grind them down because when I bring, you know, five models, I should be killing more units than you are. <laughs> if you're not, <laughs> if, if I'm not, then I'm probably just going to lose turn two anyways. And what does it matter at that point? Yeah, it's, it's and then the third one, I try to I kind of mix it up a little bit. You know, uh, sometimes there's assassinate or a few other things um, with the change to the vehicle one where it's a lot more forgiving. That one I isn't always a pick anymore. If someone brings a lot of vehicles like IG. Right. It, it's kind of one of those rough ones where we're just going to see how it goes with who I get paired with each time. That's kind of where I'm at. There's no like third auto take where I know a lot of other armies have everything planned out to where they don't really have to be interactive. Like I know some of the guys we play with, they're taking deploy scramblers, they're taking engage on all fronts, and then they're taking like a third one that's pretty easy for them. Mm-hmm. Have you considered bringing some sort of allies along to make that an option, or do you feel you're just giving up too much for that? Um, I think that's kind of more of a personal thing. Uh, the reason why I didn't was my whole goal was to try to get best in faction with both uh, Imperial and Chaos. I think it definitely helps a lot in the area of holding objectives, um, but it's mm-hmm. it's, it's going to cost you CP at this point, you know? Um, it's yeah. Gonna, it's going to cost you probably two or three CP, depending on how you want to run it. And it at least one night chassis out of your, your yep. stable as well. Yep, correct. Uh, if that's worth, you know, dropping an armager, then it might be. It it's something I've considered, but I held off just because my specific goals this last year was trying to get best in faction for both. I think uh, IG could definitely fulfill that well with um, Imperial Knights. As for Chaos Knights, you might want to look at demons and you know run Nurglings or Pinks and everything yes. like that. Demons, I think, have fantastic tech there. Have you considered doing summoning? Because knight characters can summon. <laughs> That was my question, too, was summoning Nerglings. What's your take on that? I did. I did do that in 8th. I summoned uh, I summoned Nerglings. It was funny. I would drop them. Uh, turn 1, I'd keep two knights in the back. I would summon them, shoot, and then after that, I'd move on. That way, those <laughs> guys would get to midfield, and the dudes who already went forward would hopefully be in someone's deployment zone turn 2. That was, mm-hmm. that was actually a play style. That's pretty funny. Do you feel like that's workable in ninth, or do you do you need to get on objectives too much for, and that just ends up being too slow? I think you can still work it. Um, I think you could summon them turn one with you know one or two knights, and have the other guys move up to that midfield point. Um, hmm. That way, you're still holding your backfield while still getting those midfield objectives. Hopefully, hopefully you beat your opponent there. Right. And then that turn two, you can leave behind the Nurglings, whatever you bring out, and then move on. I don't think bringing a bunch of stuff like blood letters or anything that, I think at that point you're going to be putting way too many points into reserves. I think keeping it around Nurglings or Pinks would probably be your best bet. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And then something I was doing uh, recently with my Imperial Knights was I got in this weird predicament where I had... A lot of points left over, but not enough points to bring an armager. So I uh, dropped a missile hat and was mm-hmm. able to bring in an assassin. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. Which 
which one do you prefer there? Uh, lately it was the Vindicar because I was oh. really tired of the Super Apothecary. I was ah, super right. tired of him. <laughs> that um, guy's a jerk. So, so you got a super assassin to take care of your super problem. Yeah, <laughs> he uh he went two for two, so it, it worked out. Yeah. it's it's just rough when your opponent can heal two units, three wounds, and then bring another model back to full health. It just yeah, that guy's that guy's a pain. It hurts. Well, let's talk about the one other big thing that knights have to deal with, which is the enemy taking Titan Slayer. We touched on this a little bit earlier. How do you deal with this, and how much of a problem is it for you? I've kind of just gotten to the point where I just accept it because it's it's easy, you know. They kill, they just have to kill one model to get ten points. Yeah. Um, and then there's not as much as an incentive to kill that third one either because you're only getting it goes from ten to what is it, thirteen, and then fifteen. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Yep. So it's. I see a lot of the guys now, they're not really going for that final push. They're now mainly focusing on, hey, I kill one guy, I get an auto 10 points. You know, I do deploy mm-hmm. scramblers, I get an auto 10. And mm-hmm. then, like, yeah, I might do behind enemy lines, and hey, look, I crushed you on secondaries as well. So it's one of those where yeah. it's it's rough for you. I just kind of accept it at this point, and I try to do my best to, if I can, cycle out knights, if that makes sense. If one's... Getting questionable, I try to pull it out of threat range and fill that slot with someone who's a little bit bigger. Right. Um, it's it might hurt me on a objective. It might cost me five points, but I'd rather lose the five points versus an opponent jumping ten points. If that makes sense. Right. Okay. So you're 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 playing around it where you can, but also just kind of accepting like they're probably gonna get at yep. least 10 out of this yep if they don't then i obviously had a great game if they couldn't kill a single knight yeah that's that's probably more than you can expect most times mm-hmm. but you can make them work for it i that that is the goal if i can you know make it so they get flustered um it's definitely well, better Let's let's take that into our next point here, which is knight durability, because I think a lot of people see knights as a very durable army, like very hard to kill and tough. And while that's true in a sense, I actually find that knights are in a lot of ways one of the more fragile armies. Yes, I've I've definitely had some opponents be pretty upset that they feel that they're definitely unkillable. Uh huh. But I think that comes with not knowing how to play against them. Kind of a little, I wouldn't say it's a secret, but learning once you learn how to deal with them, it's easier. Something I tell mm-hmm. the people that I play who had a hard time is you need to focus one night. A lot of the guys right. that struggle against knights, they'll you know they'll shoot at one night. You know they'll do like twelve damage and like, hey, cool, I degraded you, and then they move on to another one. And right at that point, by the end of the game, they don't kill anything. And something that would really help is if they focus that one night, because if you take that one night, it's it's gone, it's done, you don't have to worry about it, it's less firepower, I can't hold an objective. Two knights at half wounds are still both shooting and meleeing almost as well as they could at full. Yep. But one dead knight and one knight at full are doing way less work. For sure, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't pick up on at first um Mm -hmm. it's definitely helped me a lot in the past where they'll be like i'm gonna shoot a little bit here shoot a little bit here maybe charge this other one that i didn't shoot and it's like 
Cool. I have everyone. My turn. Versus yep. I focused down this one, killed it, and then hurt this other guy. And I'm like, that. That's, this is a problem. This is a problem yes. already because... If, Again, with... if you if you can kill one knight per turn, which is not easy, but it's certainly doable oh, if you're sure. focusing, for sure. you will beat the knight player if you kill one knight per turn. Because yep. they don't have enough models to lose one knight per turn. They don't, especially if they're bringing, um, you know, say three big knights and maybe a couple armagers. If you yeah. focus and take down one or two of the big knights and take out the armagers, he... Like myself or someone, yeah, they can't do anything. They can't hold objectives. If they took um, engage in all fronts or behind enemy lines, they're not going to be getting that. So Mm -hmm. you hope that if that happens, it's on one of the missions where you just hold one and hopefully you score five points at that point. Because I've definitely, I've definitely been in that situation. It's, it's, it's rough. So to help the listeners, um, since we're on on the topic of durability and stuff, you see and how to focus. What are like the give me like the top three units that you don't want to see as a night player? Um, right now I don't want to see eradicators, especially with the heavy melta version coming in mm-hmm. from reserves right next to me. Um, mm-hmm. I cry inside, especially <laughs> since they uh, if they're within that melta range, the new updated one, they're doing a minimum of five, maximum of ten, and it's like, hey, yeah. I made three bad saves, and you know you rolled pretty decent. Guess who lost a whole night? That, yeah, that's that's rough um the other thing is kind of that big mixture of blade guard vets with apothecaries um those are just Mm -hmm. it's hard getting around that transhuman and the feel no pain and healing and reviving um especially when they get into melee because you don't get any save against it most times yep so that's that's rough and then finally i guess i would throw dark angels in there with their bikes and terminators but mainly after that it's haywire haywire is brutal yeah, mortal wounds are not a thing that knights are a fan of. They they can't do nope. it. They can't do it at all, especially Chaos Knights. Chaos Knights really have no defense. Um, Imperial Knights at least are able to use a stratagem to where one knight at least gets a five-up feel no pain for the phase. So mm-hmm. you can, you know, hope your opponent rolls pretty bad and you roll well, but that's not that's not a thing you really want to bet on. Yeah, you can you can blunt it a little bit. You can, but not... Not enough most times. So those are, I guess, the main things that I cringe when I see, because I'm like, this is just, it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about, uh, you, you mentioned earlier that you really want to be getting value out of knights in all phases of the game. Yeah. Um, that you, you didn't, you're not a fan of the melee-only knights because... You know, if you fail that charge or whatever, then that's it. And I think that's actually very key to understanding how knights work, is if a knight is only shooting or only meleeing, it's really not doing its job. Yeah, it's it's rough, because, like like you said, if I fail that charge, then I'm just leaving, like, you know, this 400-point model in your face, and you're going to deal with it? No. Um, you're going to have to deal with it immediately. So they do, and they, they generally kill it. And you're just like, well, cool. That, that did nothing. Um, if you're doing like a Crusader or something equivalent with the Chaos Knights with the double weapons, you can at least get all the shooting in there while still moving up the board. And your Stomps mm-hmm. is like a whole other melee unit. You know, you get 12 attacks at Strength 8, Neg 2, mm-hmm. D3 damage. It's it's still big. It You know, it's not always the greatest against multi-wound models. But at least this way you're operating in two of the three phases. 
Um, mm -hmm. Imperial Knights don't have a way to really operate in Psychic, and then Chaos Knights, you can make one cast Smite. But yeah. It's like, okay, cool. Sure, I'll <laughs> a just... single Smite yep. is maybe mm. not enough. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. It's it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's just like, all right, cool. So they don't really have a way to operate in the Psychic phase. So my goal is generally... I try to stick with double guns, and then I might bring one or two models with a melee weapon. There's been mm -hmm. there have been times where I have run like a uh, rampager, one uh, one of the chaos knights. Uh, what I did was I gave it the relic gauntlet. The relic gauntlet ignores hit modifiers, and it rerolls hit rolls and wound rolls. So th right. the idea with that was, you know, he hits on twos, roll my dice put the sixes aside, scoop them up, re-roll it again, and if I rolled well, you know, I turn up with nine or ten hits with this uh, Relic Fist, and I just delete anything big. But, mm -hmm. again, it was one of those really weird situations where a lot of time I just didn't make my points back, and you have to. It's not one of those where, oh, if it one night fails a turn, no big deal, I'll have next turn. No, it's usually pretty catastrophic if you have a bad turn for one or two nights. Knights are a very high-variance army, where it's mm -hmm. very easy to roll hot or roll cold on yep. a given turn, because you're just not rolling that many dice total. Oh, for sure. Like, if you're bringing, you know, thermal cannons, and you happen to get the two thermal cannons <laughs> in your list, and you roll double ones on both of them, you're like, well, cool, that, that does nothing against these tanks. My shooting phase of four dice, and then I'm done. Yep, Oof. sweet. Yeah. Sweet. I've been there. Um, but on the other side, you know, if I bring double thermal cannon chaos knights and I get lucky, I could, you know, bring down four Lehman Russes in a turn. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just one of those where you have to be careful. So I try not to go all variable dice shots. I try to keep, you know, units in there that have a fixed number so I can at least rely on that and know I'm going to at least get something there. Yeah. Have some so, ways to kind of mitigate that luck a yep, little bit. Which is why, like, with the Imperial side, I've run the Crusaders with the Thermal Cannon, so I have some anti-tank. The Gatling mm. Cannon gives me some anti-horde or medium targets. Right. But I bring two Lightning Locks. I get guaranteed 12 shots, um, yep. which is good. And then um, recently I threw in the Castellan, and we know how Castellan does when he rerolls all ones in the shooting phase. <laughs> yeah, indeed. He's gross. He can go sit on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we need him. Yeah, he he's he's needed in a lot of areas. Um, I'm I'm curious to see how the new Drakari are gonna do against them. I saw the change to their hair wire where uh, they auto wound vehicles on fours, which is interesting. It's it's very interesting. Fewer mortal wounds, but more actual saves occurring. Yeah, yep. it's it's super interesting. There's Drakari are gonna be we're, we're, we're going to need at least one episode to talk about them, but that's, oh, that'll be for later on. <laughs> for sure. So let's kind of wrap things up here okay. with a subject that maybe you're not real happy to share the secrets about, but I feel like our listeners kind of want to know anyways. So if you're fighting against a knight army, or if someone is fighting against a knight army... What should be, they be looking to do? Because we said earlier, like, try to kill a knight, but, you know, that that's what you want to do anyways. That's, yeah. that's just very basic. Um, what, what sort of strategies should people be looking to use against knights? Um, let's see here. If 
I would try my best to remove one of the things that's going to kill me the best. And then from there, try to remove the ability to hold objectives from that point. Um, like, for instance, if I bring a Castellan, if you can kill the Castellan, mm -hmm. you're good. Um, if not, you know, try to kill the next biggest thing. And then try to remove the ability to hold more objectives than you. And you can usually do pretty well at that point. Okay. That makes it rough. So, so like, screening out or hiding behind uh, obscuring terrain, like we mentioned earlier, your your big firepower elements is going to be extremely critical against knights. Yep. If you can, if you can hide well against the terrain, then, you know, turn one, I'm, if I go first, I might not be able to do much other than maybe, you know, kill a small screening unit. And that's, mm -hmm. that's not what you want to do with a 2000 point army is just... Right. kill like 50 points and move on with your life it's not it's not good um, mm -hmm. because then that next turn you're kind of out in the open because you can't hide and then from there they're going to be able to take whatever they want so if they can focus down some of the important tougher knights that do a lot of damage um, then they don't also have to worry about as losing as many units it's, I think it's kind of the same idea as what I run, is you try to kill the thing that kills you the best and then remove their ability to hold objectives. Right. That way you can keep your durability up longer than the knight player can. And if you can get into melee with them with good melee units, then you're you're doing real, real good at that point because that's, that's their weak spot, you know? They get no invulnerable saves for the majority of them. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel about targeting big knights versus little knights? Uh, because I've seen people recommend both, like take out the little knights because they're easier, or take out the big knights because that's where the firepower is. Which are you more worried about people going after first? Um, I think Obviously, with the current like, list yeah. I ran, I think with the current stuff, I'd be con more concerned with you nuking a Crusader or my Castellan at that point. Mm -hmm. um, if you're, I think that kind of depends on what you're dealing with, like what you have yourself. So if you're running, you know, Terminators or Blade Guard Vets, you know, Lightning Locks aren't that scary to you. But the right. guy who's slinging flat three damage weapons at your face or bigger that's uh -huh. that's going to be your main concern because i can take those one damage attacks on either forp invul or you know terminator with storm shield gets a three up on save like right cool that's fine i'll heal that with my apothecary let me get rid of the dude that's slinging the flat three damage so i can get through it and vice mm -hmm. versa with the other armies that you know might have uh one wound count but they have all the haywire like looking at harley quinns with haywire and the melted pistols mm -hmm. um it might be a better option to get rid of the um, Moriaxes with Lightning Locks because then they're not going to kill your troops. You know, you're going to only have to deal with a couple units at that point and then you can outhold them and whatnot. Well, that makes sense. What about uh, fighting in your backfield? Are you worried about armies that are able to kind of like deep strike in behind you? Or is that something where they're just kind of like giving you easy food? Oof. I don't like being a sandwich, if that makes sense. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, yep. I, I want to make you play my game. I don't want to play your game. Um, so sometimes when people okay. do that, um, I'm if you know how earlier I was talking about leaving lightning locks sometimes on the backfield objectives. Yeah. I might just say you know it's not worth turning around, and I might just push forward and leave you a lightning lock, 
and hopefully that way I can remove you from your backfield and hopefully then we can fight it out over center. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely don't like being put in the center of things. That's what I try to do to people because that makes you have to divide things. And if you divide things, right. you might not kill things. And then it's good for me. I don't, I don't like being put in that situation. It makes it hard with knights. Uh huh. Cause then they can be getting their backfield and my backfield. So it might leave me with one objective in the middle, which is pretty rough. Yeah, that's definitely not a fun place to be for anyone, and knights are no different, obviously. No. So is there anything else as a knight player that particularly scares you? Uh, Strategies or units that if you see them on the field, you're just like, oh no, this is going to be a bad day for me. The ability to outflank those really cheap, hard-hitting units. Um are pretty rough because they get to come down and they could easily kill me and I can't interact with them until after they killed me. And that's, that's rough. So eradicators, you know, you can outflank them for two CP and they can come in and just, you know, kind of shit on you. Uh, something that I've dealt with recently was, um, a blitz. I forgot how disgusting a blitz were. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, can be a pretty bad time. Yep. And then Death Guard is kind of being nasty. Um, I don't like their Death Shrouds at all. I've learned the hard way. Yeah. Those those guys just popping up, are they're not good. They, they hurt. The reduced damage by one is amazing. Yeah, it does kind of seem like that resilience, the ability to take the punch that knights give out, is something that knights struggle with because you're so reliant on killing them before they kill you yep and then if we get into melee it's even worse because they're reducing my toughness and it's right it hurts it you know that t8 no longer helps you at that point right because now now you your t7 is not really any different than t6 or t5 in most cases no nope. uh, so like losing one point of toughness feels like losing three yeah it, it hurts especially when you know they have high ap attacks with multi-damage stuff it's mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's pretty scary um pox walkers scare me now as weird as that sounds that's a that's a weird one how so um <laughs> I they do mortal wounds on hit rolls of sixes. I've learned. Yeah, that's a thing. That that is scary. And mortal um, wounds, not great. Nope, you can't you can't do anything. Um, I've learned that you can easily fit sixty pox walkers or eighty pox walkers in a list and mm-hmm. bring a bunch of terminators and plague burst crawlers and characters for punching people. And you know, at first, you know, pox walkers. Who cares about pox walkers, man? You know, they're just pox walkers. And then all right. of a sudden, they hit you, and you know they swing on you with forty attacks, and every six is a mortal wound. That gets gets pretty sketch pretty quick. They're just poxwalkers. His famous last words. Right, <laughs> right. They're just poxwalkers, but mm, just wait. All of a sudden, they're just, just smacking you. It, it's scary. I had one guy do eleven wounds with eight of them. I'm like, well, that was oof. That was rough. That that is extremely rough. Yeah, so now I'm I'm terrified of poxwalkers. Okay. Well, hopefully that is a little bit of food for thought for anyone who is either looking at playing a knight army or maybe gonna run up against a knight army in the near future. 
Adam, is there anything you'd like to plug or maybe make mention of before we close the episode out here? Um, I think I'm pretty set. I think just the biggest thing, if you're playing against knights, you need to focus down a knight. Don't, you know, go back and forth because you're only handicapping yourself. You're leaving knights alive on the table when you need to be bringing in at least one down a turn. For people playing them, you need to try to make sure you kill the things that kill you the best. That way they can't take down knights each turn and you can outlive them and hopefully score objectives towards the late game and pull out the win. I think those are kind of the two important things for both sides of the story. Seems like very sound advice. So, I hope everyone has enjoyed having Adam on the podcast here to talk with us. Maybe we'll bring you back in the future when you are crowned king champion of the Super ITC in the future here. <laughs> as we we know will inevitably happen as you are playing the best faction. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of, you know, just getting in my good graces here before your coronation. I want to get ahead of the game. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do, man. There's a lot of good players that are a lot better than me. Well, you know, that's the best environment to be playing in is people better than you. This is true. Only way to get better is to learn, right? Exactly. Well, I appreciate you guys a bunch for having me on the show. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, it was it was really good to have you on here. We really appreciate you making an appearance and knowing how recording software works. <laughs> uh, a surprisingly rare skill, even amongst the podcast hosts ourselves here. Hey. Uh, so, not not naming any names, not specifically calling myself out on this one, not <laughs> saying that I was the one who screwed that oh, up. Man. I'm just saying that someone on the podcast has done that before. That's rough. Uh, well, thank you, Adam, very much for appearing here. Yeah, I appreciate and it, And thank you also to all of our Patreons uh, for contributing to the podcast. We really appreciate everything that you do to help support us. And if anyone listening would like to help contribute for $5 a month, you can join our Patreon. And you also can talk with all of us podcast hosts about all of our weird and wacky lists. See some of the memes that maybe we post once in a while here about all of our personal lives and movings about and know what tournaments we're going to so thank you to everyone who has contributed to the patreon without you we wouldn't have the hosting or the equipment we need to do the show i'd like to thank rylan woodrow for doing our epic art and everything else he does for the podcast uh, you can find him on facebook deviantart instagram and probably somewhere else I'm going to say SoundCloud. <laughs> Just about. Yeah. And speaking of SoundCloud, if you enjoyed the wonderful sounds of our show between intermissions and our intro, you can find Dank Muse on SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Next week, we will be talking about Codex supplements and what we feel their role in the game is. But until then, for In the Finest Hour, I have been Sean Morgan. Shailen Allen West. Ben Jurek. Thanks for listening. <laughs>